Good singing this morning. Good singing. Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Love it to hear those Bible pages turning. I'm starting to pick up on the phone scrolling. I can start hearing that. Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Scripture came to me as we were reading our Bible plan a couple of months ago. Uh, it's been with me for, I mean, a couple of weeks ago. It's been with me through those two weeks, and God saw fit that we preach on Philippians over the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to double back and, and preach on Exodus chapter 32. If you'll look at the 19th verse, we'll read a few verses there, go to the Lord in prayer, and, and to share that that God has laid upon our heart. Exodus chapter 32, verse 19 says, And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' Moses's anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it in powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought such so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not thine anger, let not thy, the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. Then I cast it in the fire, and there came out this calf. I almost have to pause and laugh at some of the excuses that I've given in my lifetime. When I read, I threw the gold in, and out came this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for the reading of your word. I praise you for this question here. Who is on the Lord's side? And I pray, Father, that you just anoint my tongue with the words that you've laid upon our heart. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, to do that that you would have us to do, to be clear, to be concise, and to be receptive to the words that you've given. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the greatest questions asked throughout the scriptures that I have ever had land upon my heart is who is on the Lord's side? Uh, we read here this, this morning that, that Moses had come down from receiving the Ten Commandments and, and what he saw angered him and, and rightfully so. Moses had spent a lot of time being obedient to God and minding God and leading this stiff-necked, uh, uh, set-on-mischief people out of the land of Egypt into a promised land. Yeah, times 
times were tough and, and things got uh, dicey and, and hairy and all those other adjectives. All these things began to happen and, and Moses had spent some time of 40 days and 40 nights with God on the mountain. Uh, God already spoke the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel and now he's working with Moses even engraving the, with his own finger the Ten Commandments on these tablets and Moses comes down and finds that Aaron has thrown some gold into the fire and out jumped a golden calf for them to worship. And, and God's people were here worshiping this, this calf and behaving very immorally. Even Aaron. Even Aaron, his own brother, uh, one that would soon lead uh, the, the tabernacle and the setting up and, 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 and the, in charge of the tabernacle was acting immorally, dancing around naked in front of their enemies. And, and many, many today, and I say very possibly some here, think that you are on the Lord's side. I know that there's many people I come across in my daily walk that think they are on the Lord's side. There's times in my walk that I think that I am on the Lord's side. But I begin to f focus on this scripture that, you know, uh, in Matthew chapter uh in Titus chapter 1, it says that there are you know, many religious types that profess to know Him, profess to know God, but in their works they deny Him. They are abominable, disobedient, reprobate unto every good work. Who's on the Lord's side this morning is the question that I want to propose, is the question that I want us to, to meditate on as not being just nominal members of a church or the church. Because everyone that cries, Lord, Lord, is not going to enter in. Everyone that says, oh God, or oh Jesus, is not going to go to heaven. Everyone that was misled by some other person into repeating after me in a prayer is not going to make it to heaven. Those that make it to heaven will be drawn by the Holy Spirit unto God and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. So everyone that cries out, Lord, Lord, but many will hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. So who's on the Lord's side, church? Are we? Are we on the Lord's side? Because I realize we pick teams. If we went around the room, there would be a, 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 a huge amount of teams uh, the New York Giants, the Oklahoma Sooners, the Georgia Bulldogs, the Atlanta Falcons, we're all picking a team and we're all rooting for them like we're right on the sidelines or in the middle of it. Look what we did. Look what we won. Look at our team. We're the champions. We all pick teams. We all pick politics. I'm with Trump. I'm on the Trump train. I'm here with Hillary. I'm with this one. I'm with that one. I'm with Bernie. Not really. Not really. But we all picking politics. We all got a Democrat, Republican, Independent. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-choice. I'm just asking who's on the Lord's side? Who's on God's team? Who's on that team, that nucleus? Because we picking every we picking sides on everything, and that's all the devil. The devil's giving us sides. He's separating us old and young, male and female, rich and poor, Democrat, Republican. But there's a side that we all can be on. And I ask, who is on the Lord's side? And how can you know this morning that you are on the Lord's side? Well, I tell you, someone on the Lord's side is going to stand on the truth. 
No matter how bad the truth hurts, they're going to stand on the truth. Israel had already from this moment turned their back on God and his truth. They said, give us gods. And they begin to worship this magical golden calf that jumped out of the fire saying, look what led us out of Egypt. In 40 days, in 40 days they said, we need gods. Aaron, uh, Moses, we don't know where he's at. They forgot that God had opened the Red Seas. Not no golden calf. They forgot that, that God had defeated enemy after enemy after enemy. Not some golden calf. And here they, they're refusing to stand on the truth that God and God alone is God. Uh, Brother John brought a good word for us at the men's breakfast. That, and then Exodus chapter 13 when Moses is saying, who's going to send me? Who do I tell them send me? He said, tell them I am. That's all it is. is I am. He always was. He always is. And he will forever be. And the children of Israel now have, have turned their back on the truth that God had led them out of, out of Egypt. And we have the same problem today. We say that we love the truth, but we refuse to stand on it. We refuse to stand on it. The truth, the word of God. The infallible word of God. No error in the word of God. We hear someone down the road say, well, the Bible contradicts itself, and here we go. We're off on that path. We've refused to stand on the truth. So those will stand on the truth when it's convenient and when it's not. When it's, when it's blatantly in our face, we will stand on the truth. But if sometimes there's a way we can say, well, oh, we'll say, well, and then we'll skirt the truth. I heard Stacy one time uh, refer to it, not being uh, malicious or anything, but how we look at it as a Christian lie. What's the difference in a Christian lie and a non-Christian lie? Christian telling, Christian telling it. They know it's a lie. It's a lie straight from the pits of hell from the devil himself who is the father of all lies. But yet we think we can skirt the truth. So let me tell you, if you're on the Lord's side, you're going to stand on the truth whether it hurts you or not. You're going to stand on the truth whether it's convenient for you or not. You will not quickly compromise on your faith or your doctrine. As Psalm 119 says, that we are to hate every false way. Come on, somebody can say amen. We are to hate every false way. How do you know what's false? Read your Bible. Oh, I got somebody there. Read your Bible. Every day. Not once a week. Not, not Sunday night before church and thinking you might read what the preacher's going to preach on or, or keep up with the Sunday school teacher. Every day. Every day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is truth. God is, through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. So those that are on the Lord's side, they're going to stand on the truth. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to stand. Stand! Just stand sometimes. You know, Moses did tell the children of Israel who, who are now in this place of 
refusing to believe the truth and to stand on the truth. He told them there at the Red Sea, he said, just stand still and watch your salvation. And they saw that. And they saw all the other things that God had done for them. And now they refused to worship the God of gods, the only one true God, and they want a calf. We have to stand. We have to have no room for compromise. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, you are with me or against me. So if you're on the Lord's side, stand on the truth. If you're on the Lord's side, guess what? You won't just stand on the truth. You're going to be happy with the truth. Huh? Sometimes we know, we read it, we know, we've heard it a million times. The truth hurts, Brother Luke. The truth hurts. The truth hurts. But we'll be happy with it. Being happy with the truth. Yes, you're on the Lord's side. The children of Israel were never satisfied. How many can believe that? How many believe, read the book of Exodus, they were never satisfied. I'm glad there was a few hands. When, well, the Bible says it so you can believe it. The children of Israel were never satisfied. They meant, uh, uh, from the moment they left Egypt, all they did was complain. And now here Moses has delayed his coming from the mountain. And Aaron has now cooperated with them to make a golden calf. And Aaron says, and he declares, tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. Out of a golden calf. He said, tomorrow. We have to be content. We have to be happy. We have to be satisfied. With truth. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse 6, Paul he writes about, uh, it's hard for me to believe is what he's saying. It's, it's just hard. Soon you are removed from him that called you unto grace. How soon the children of Israel were removed from the one that called them to grace and they were being removed with another gospel. The children of Israel here, they were not happy with the truth and they were removed from the one that brought them out of Egypt with another gospel. Tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. If we're content with the truth, we have no other need for any other options. To be happy with the truth, you don't have to go search for another option because the Bible is the option. The Word of God is the option. We don't have to go looking to change something to suit our way. We'll be content with not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't need these other gods. We don't need these other false ways. Every way a man sees his own way is the way, but ultimately it leads to death. So who's on the Lord's side? Those on the Lord's side are going to stand on the truth, they're going to be happy with the truth, and they're going to speak the truth. They will speak the truth. Aaron, he began to blame the people for his own actions. I don't even know how to preach this. But it starts back in the garden, right? When God said, Adam, what have you done? Uh, and, the, and, the, and the lady said, well, the serpent beguiled me. And Adam said, the woman that you gave me, 
You got fingers going everywhere. The blame game begins. They weren't ready to stand on the truth and just say, hey, I'm Aaron begins to blame the people. Oh, Moses, you know how these people are. I just broke off their gold and threw it in the fire and poof, a calf came out. What were we supposed to do? And Moses confronted him, and I'm sure it was more like Aaron. First, he probably said, put some clothes on, because Aaron was right in the middle of it. He blamed rather than speaking the truth. Aaron began to blame rather than saying, I got caught up. I got mixed up. He should have just spoke the truth. He should have warned the children of Israel with the truth. He could have stood there just as boldly and said, No, the God of all gods brought us out of Egypt. Not anything else we can worship here. Nothing around us. It was the God of all gods that separated the Red Sea. It was the God of all gods that drowned Pharaoh's army. But he blended in. He didn't speak the truth to them. He didn't speak the truth to Moses. Let me give you something, church. Just write this one down. It is a privilege that we get to speak the truth. Amen. It is a privilege that God bestowed upon us that we get to speak the truth. The truth. Jesus Christ, born, lived, crucified, resurrected, ascended. We get to tell the truth. And just like you said, Brother Dan, the truth makes us free. The truth makes us free. He should have warned the children of Israel. They could have been made free. He could have warned all of those that were coming at him that were set on mischief. He could have said, no, we're not going to do that. Don't you just remember just a few days ago the voice of God spoke to us clearly and said, I am the Lord your God. Have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not worship anything other than God. He could have spoken those truths. And the truth, listen, we shared this last Sunday night. The truth is in love. When you tell someone the truth, you're showing them love. When you tell someone of the error of their ways, you're being loving. You're being truthful. You're telling them that we are to repent from our wrongs. We are to seek the truth. Those on the Lord speak the truth. Jesus, the way. So who's on the Lord's side? Listen. Those on the Lord's side will be saved by the truth. So we stand on the truth. We stand boldly on the truth. We are happy with the truth. We speak the truth and we will be saved by the truth. Those on the Lord's side are all about the truth. 
I remember from my childhood, maybe not my childhood, my young adulthood. I can't even remember the name of the movie now. Tom Cruise and some Navy lawyer movie and Jack Nicholson told them that they could not handle the truth. Church, I'm here. What is it? Few good men. Even better. You know, God's looking for a few good men and women to be on his side who can handle the truth. Many of us sit on our hands thinking we can't handle the truth. But let me tell you, if you are saved by the truth, you can handle the truth and they can handle your truth. Yeah, we need a few good men. What these people needed right here they already had it in front of them, but they kind of turned their back on it. And, and the world today needs the same thing. We need salvation. Where does it come from? The truth. The truth is, church, there's only one name by which we can be saved. That's Jesus Christ. There's only one name. You can't do, you can't do good works and get there. You can't worship Allah, uh, Buddha, none of that. None of that gets you anywhere. As a matter of fact, all of those are religions of work. You do this, you'll be saved. You do this, you'll be saved. Jesus Christ said, I've done done it. That's a real word in the South, done done it. He said, I've done done it. It's done, it is finished, and salvation is before us if we just believe the truth because we are in need of forgiveness. Where does it come from? Truth. We are in need of being saved and saved by obeying the truth. You know, we, we, we learned this coming up early on. Admit, believe, and confess. See, I've always looked at it as, as what it is. You know, admit that I'm a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died for me, a sinner. And confess my sins and confess his lordship over my life. But somewhere in there, I have to admit there's a truth that needs to replace my lie. And I have to believe in the truth to replace my lie. And I have to confess this truth not only to, to those around me, but to the world to confess that truth. Listen, only by Jesus Christ can we be saved. Only Jesus. It's a narrow way, but it's the right way. It's a way full of truth. And the truth is there are two gates, one narrow and one broad. There are two ways one is life, one is death. There, there, there are two, two fruits. One is good, one is rotten. And in this building, there's two kinds of people. Wise and foolish. There's two foundations. One is built on the rock, and the other on the sand. The narrow gate is the truth. Life is the truth. The good fruit is the truth. Being wise comes from the truth. The rock is built on the truth that is Jesus Christ. 
So, I encourage you this morning. Choose truth. Choose truth. Stand. Aaron Tippin sang a song years ago. It says you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I enjoy the song. I get what he was trying to say, but I'm just going to go ahead and change the words of the song. You have to stand for God and his truth or you'll fall for everything. You'll fall for every wind of every doctrine that blows through your home, your work, wherever you may be, you'll just follow that wind of every doctrine. You'll be the one that that Paul was referring to in Galatians chapter 1 that's so soon removed by another doctrine. The truth has to be embedded within us, church. We have to stand on the truth. We have to be happy with the truth. We have to be uh, uh, speaking the truth and saved by the truth. So who's on the Lord's side here this morning? How many of us this morning in this building can, can, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but if you want to, to give a a testimony unto the Lord or those around you, I'm all for it. But who's on the Lord's side? It's all about the truth. That question got asked. A little later on in the scripture, we referred to it sometime back. Jehu had been anointed. So Elijah had had some problems with Jezebel. Y'all remember that? Elijah had 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 some problems and he failed. He failed to a lie. The lie was when Jezebel said, I'm going to do to you what you did to these prophets by sundown tomorrow. That was the lie. Jehu was anointed. I don't know the exact time frame. Some years later, he comes up on his horse at the palace where Jezebel's at. She's standing there with those eunuchs. As a matter of fact, that's, you get close enough to the world and the world's lies, it'll take your manhood and your womanhood away from you. So he looks up and he sees Jezebel there, you know, putting on her makeup or whatever it was. She's going to try to entice him, I suppose, with a lie. But Jehu looks up at those eunuchs and he asked that same question. Pretty much he said, who's on the Lord's side? And they picked up the lie and threw it off the balcony. Today's your day. Today is my day to pick up the lies, throw them off the balcony. And stand in the truth. Who's on the Lord's side? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for freedom that comes from your truth. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless this time as we begin to sing. Father God, that you touch hearts. If there's one here, if there's one here this morning that does not know that they've had that relationship through accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, that today they would step out. Father God, to take the truth and have the truth applied to every aspect of their life. And Father, if there's others here today that are have been saved, have have received that that blessing of salvation, but not fully walking in the truth. I pray that you would just touch their hearts to lead them to this altar 
to just call out to you to, to put them in the, in the midst of all the truth that you have for them. And Father, we pray to those that may be listening on the website, Father, that you would just touch them. And Father, that they would come to that place where they are and just kneel before you and receive that that you have for them. Father, bless us now as we, as we go into this, this invitation. Help us, Father, to do that that you would have us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.